God's grace and his peace are yours through faith in Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed. I'm a little skeptical about Jesus. What would that mean if I say I'm a little skeptical about Jesus? Well, it might sound a little bit surprising because the modern, the current definition for the word skeptical usually means somebody who's doubting, somebody who's looking to poke holes in an argument, who's going to kind of go out of their way to not believe. And if that's what I'm saying about Jesus, then you don't want your pastor saying that he's skeptical about Jesus, not at all. But there's an old school definition for the word skeptical that was more popular about 100 years ago. And it's because the word skeptic is based on the Greek term skeptesthai, which just means this, I look. That's why uh, a couple hundred years ago, a Spanish philosopher named Miguel de Unamuno, which is a great name, he said this, skeptic does not mean him who doubts, but him who investigates or researches, as opposed to him who asserts and thinks that he has found. In that way, skeptic isn't a synonym for doubting, but it's a synonym for research. And so, a hundred years ago, if I would have told you I was a skeptic about Jesus, it meant nothing more than this. Look into Jesus. That is our theme for this sermon today. Look into Jesus. Research Jesus. Investigate Jesus. See what more you and I can learn about Jesus. Because in the gospel for today, from John chapter 1, we meet two disciples Jesus calls. And both of them did this. They look into Jesus. First was Philip, then Nathaniel. We'll take them in that order. So Philip, Philip is the first one, and, and this is what the Bible says about him. Jesus is searching. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip followed. But... Not blindly. Not without asking any questions. You can tell from the Bible's text that Philip did his research. He looked into Jesus. Specifically, the research he did is he compared Jesus to the notes that he had from the Old Testament scriptures. Philip had read in the book of Deuteronomy that Moses wrote. He had read that there's going to come a great teacher, a great prophet, Philip had read in the prophet Isaiah that this great teacher would come from a virgin. And in the prophet Micah, he found out he would come from Bethlehem. And Philip's comparing his research to Jesus, and he says, Jesus checks all the boxes. And so he's just got to share this. He's got to share it with his friend Nathaniel. This is what he says. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. But Nathaniel's a little skeptical. I can almost picture his face as he listens to Philip's excitement. Okay, Moses wrote about him. That's a good sign. The prophets wrote about him. Even better. His name is Jesus. Seems like a good enough name. Nazareth. And the record screeches in the movie, right? And the whole thing comes to a stop. Nazareth. Philip says, yeah, Nathaniel says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Not the nicest thing to say about a guy's hometown. Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel is a little skeptical. So Philip doesn't scold him. 
Philip doesn't say, brother, you just got to believe harder. No. He invites him to do what any open-minded skeptic would do. Research it. Look into it. Do your homework. Remember the brilliant response that Philip had to Nathaniel's question? Come and see. Come and see. Look into Jesus. This is where the story gets really interesting, though. Because, like, this happened to Nathaniel, and it happens to everybody. When you start to look into Jesus, you find out something fascinating. That before you even knew it, Jesus looks into you. Nathaniel found that out pretty quick. He goes thinking he's going to look into Jesus, but this is what happens. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael said. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael came up to Jesus thinking he was going to look into Jesus, but he found out that Jesus had actually looked into him. Jesus had looked right into his heart, hadn't he? And he said, there's no deceit in there. Philip says, how do you know that? Jesus said, I saw. I can see right through you, Nathaniel. And then he gave him proof. I know that you were under a fig tree. So if you were Nathaniel, what would be going through your head? Probably first thing, whoa, how does he know about the fig tree? (laughs) Maybe the second thing, Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean he knows what I said about Nazareth? (laughs) It does. It can be a little unsettling to realize that Jesus sees right through you, that he looks into you while you're looking into him. There's a fancy technical term for that. It is called social penetration theory. It's what, so, it's what communication scholars use to refer to how you get to know somebody. So you can see from the diagram that the breadth of getting to know somebody, you can know somebody broadly by knowing all the superficial facts about their life. You could read the Wikipedia article on them, right, and know them generally. But to get to know somebody, you got to get deeper with them, right? Into the more intimate details is the green level. Or even further into their personal life. Or if you really, really know somebody, you get to their core, their most profound regrets about the past and accomplishments, their core beliefs in the, in the present and, and their wild dreams for the future. That's what happens as you get to know a friend, right? You, you get to know them gradually by penetrating into their very core. And that's how it's supposed to go, but, but what, what the scholars say is that oftentimes we wear a social mask, when we're talking to the cashier at Quick Trip or at the grocery store, we don't need to share with everybody our innermost thoughts, and that's okay. So we wear the social mask, all the behaviors and the words that you say to give off the, the impression that you want to leave, and that's good for that, but, but the trouble is that your social mask, it doesn't work on Jesus. There may be some innermost thoughts that you don't share with anybody. Some past regrets that you don't talk about ever. But Jesus sees right through your social mask and gets to the very heart of it. Which, coincidentally, is what skeptics really admire about the Bible. 
If you ask a, a, a person who does not believe in Jesus, but does study the Bible, one thing they always point out is that the Bible gets right to the heart of things. For example, everybody knows you shouldn't kill people. It's in like every country's laws. Don't kill people. But the Bible cuts past the outward behavior and gets right to the heart. The Bible teaches this. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Or most people would acknowledge that it's wrong to cheat on your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Especially if you're married, it is wrong to cheat on your spouse. But Jesus, in his teaching, cuts past all of that, cuts past our behaviors and our words, and he gets right to the heart of the matter. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, Jesus can get right to the heart of a matter, so... Put yourself in Nathaniel's shoes. You walk up to Jesus. You realize that he can look into you. What's Jesus going to say about your heart? He sees right through you. What's he going to bring up? That feeling that you're having right now, that's what got Nathaniel's attention. And so Nathaniel said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. He recognized that Jesus is extraordinary. He's extraordinarily powerful, extraordinarily wise. He has exceptional moral clarity to tell the difference between right and wrong. That's what Philip wanted Nathaniel to see. But Jesus, Jesus wanted Nathaniel to see more than that. He wanted Nathaniel to see a whole lot more. So that's our second point. When you look into Jesus, you'll find more than what you were looking for. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree because I can see right through you. But you will see greater things than that. You will see greater things than that. You'll see more than you bargained for. If you're familiar with the story of Jesus from the Bible, then you already know some of the greater things that Nathaniel saw. You know that Nathaniel saw a wild man who was more than mentally ill. He was spiritually ill. He, he could not be handcuffed. He was too strong for that. He would break him. He would cut himself. He, would, he was a terrorizer of a whole region in Israel. And Nathaniel saw Jesus walk up to that man and say, your demons be gone, and they were. But Nathaniel would see greater things than that. Nathaniel would see Jesus stride up to a grave of a man dead four days, a man decomposing the air thick with the scent of death. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And he did. But Nathaniel would see greater things than that. Nathaniel saw Jesus heal the world, fix the world. And much more than just the outward diseases because Jesus can see straight through you to your heart. He knows that our sicknesses go far deeper than our bodies. And so Jesus looked into the heart of each and every one of us and he saw all the garbage in there. He saw the sin. He saw the bad ideas. He saw the regret. He saw the improper motives. Jesus saw everything in our heart and he said, I still want to be with you. I want you to follow me. And be my disciple. And I want to live with you forever in heaven, but not like this. I don't want 
the rest of your life on earth to be filled with shame and guilt and regret. And I don't want your eternity in heaven to be filled with sin. So Jesus did something about it. He took responsibility for it. For all the things that Nathaniel was embarrassed about, that I'm embarrassed about, that you are, he took responsibility for it and he took the punishment for it. And Nathaniel saw Jesus get arrested for crimes he didn't commit. Nathaniel heard the day. He saw the day when Jesus would be beaten in public, but not because he did anything wrong. Nathaniel saw the day when Jesus died on the cross, not for Jesus' sins, but for Nathaniel's sins. And with that action, Jesus removed every sin from his record, every sin from your record, Everything you could possibly be scared Jesus would see in your heart, Jesus has thrown it into the depths of the sea in God's mercy. And so as Jesus walked up to Nathanael that first day and he looked into his heart, what did he say? Not, why do you say that about Nazareth, Nathanael? No. He said, here's an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. If Jesus walked up to you today in the atrium, what would he say? looks right through you, and he would say, here's a man who has no sin. Here's a woman who is perfect. God's child. Not because you never sin, but because Jesus has taken every one of them away. In his grace, Jesus has removed all of the things we could be afraid of, and when he looks at you, he sees perfection. He rose from the dead to guarantee that. And it changed Nathaniel's life. I think it'll change ours too. I want to just tell you one story to illustrate that, exactly what this means for our daily lives. So, there was a man who had, he was pretty sure God couldn't love him. God couldn't love a person like this. He had destroyed his family. Lied, burned every bridge at home, and they put him on the run. They ran him out of town. So he's in the prime of his life, young man, homeless. And he's sleeping outside under an open sky, shivering most likely. And God shows up. God came to visit him, and his big question is, what is God going to do with me now that I've ruined all the things he's given me, squandered all the gifts that he's given me? Is he going to punish me, kill me? What God does is he gets an extension ladder, plants one part of the extension ladder right next to the man, and extends it up and then leans it up so that the top end leans against heaven. And at the very top, God stands at the top of the ladder, just beaming all his glory and his goodness. And the whole time this is going on, angels are descending and descending and descending down the ladder. As if to say to this man, you think you can run away from me? You think you can run away from home and I won't go with you? No, I'm going to be sending you help and sending you love and sending you goodness, no matter where you go. And while this is happening, other angels are ascending and ascending and ascending up the ladder as if to say, you have a direct line of communication to me. You are going to climb this ladder too someday. You are going to live forever in your 
home in heaven, no matter how homeless you are on earth. And so the man ends that experience, and he says, this is the greatest place in the world. This is where God came to me and showed me that he loves me, that he loves me in spite of what I've been, and that he is promising to be with me. That man's name was Jacob. He was an Old Testament hero from the Old Testament book of Genesis. And Jacob's ladder became a famous story in Israel that showed that God loves people. And God has promised to be with us and someday we'll go to be in heaven with him. So when Jesus wanted to drive home just what it means to know him, when Jesus wanted to show Nathaniel just how special it is to follow Jesus, this is what he said. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus said, I am Jacob's ladder. I'm the way that God is going to bless you and I am the way that you get to heaven. By God's grace, you have seen greater things than what Nathaniel saw that day. You have seen the greatest thing, this. And someday you will see the greatest thing in heaven, heaven opened and your Savior waiting for you there. So, here's the encouragement for today. Look into Jesus. You'll see that he looks into you, and that can be a little freaky, a little intimidating, but then you will see greater things than that. You will see him take away your sin and open heaven to you. Whether you're a skeptic, a first-time visitor here at church, or whether you've been here for years and years and years, look into Jesus. Whether that means cracking open your Bible this week, joining Pastor Rosh's Bible study at 9.15 this morning on Zoom, whether that means just paying extra special attention as we say the creed, the Nicene Creed, in like 30 seconds. Look into Jesus. And the more you appreciate what he's done for you, the more you'll be ready to invite your skeptical friends to come and see. Amen. Please stand.